The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, the 24th of April, 2022. Thanks for joining us for the Fear the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. And also a special welcome to one of our most regular regulars and my right-hand person. And she loves us so much that she even comes to put up with fear, even though it's annoying as heck, but then we can convince about it to each other and feel better. But anyway, thank you for joining us in the chat room, Joan. Very glad Joan has mentioned something real quick that I want to stuff in here because I did not realize it. I did not get a chance to watch Talking Dead last week, but she tells me that they announced they are not doing Talking Dead anymore until the end of Season 7, so no Talking Dead for the next several weeks. And then on a related note, last week on Talking Dead, there were a few times when it sounded, to Joan at least, like, even the guests were subtly digging at the plot holes in the show. You know, maybe so. Uh, <laughs> All righty. Let's go ahead and get this rolling. So tonight's show, as all shows, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we'll start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together, and then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 and 10, 1 being, oh, my God, please take it out back and kill it, and 10 being, this is perfect, you should do this every day. (laughs) And we will do that as well as give our listeners commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic-free, so please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. If there's ever any exceptions to that, I will give you guys incredible amounts of warning so that you can uh, get a drink or go potty or something while we're talking about it. Um, Okay. So, welcome to Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Back Half. Fear ran the usual front eight episodes then was on break until last weekend, which was the mid-season opener for 2022. There's six more episodes left in Season 7 after tonight. There is already a Season 8 planned at this time, which is said to be released in fall of 2022, although we don't really know if it will be before concurrent with or after Walking Dead Classic, which will have its last eight episodes in the fall also. Um, Some quick updates on spinoff projects. I've really abbreviated these even more because I have been doing them about weekly. There's a lot to keep track of, and I know not everyone gets to listen to all this. All righty. Final season of the Walking Dead Classic. Season 11 has eight episodes left and is going to pick up in the fall. Fear is where we are now, winding up Season 7. There's currently a commitment to Season 8 for the fall. And Talking Dead is not going to be on this week. And we will have another episode of 61st Street, uh, 10.08 p.m. All right. On November 11th, 2021, they had already confirmed that production for this season will relocate from Austin, Texas to Savannah, Georgia. All righty. For those of you who may be behind, this shouldn't be anyone, but just in case you're confused or haven't been paying attention, World Beyond has ended. And there were a few little cookies in the ending of it. There was kind of a post credit scene that was very interesting in a Marvel sort of way. 2023, The Carol and Daryl Show... A lot of people are getting very itchy because this was one of the first spinoffs to be announced, but it is untitled, unexplained, and we don't know when it's coming. 
We did know at one point that supposedly Angela Kang, who will be the showrunner, had written the first episode. But that actually hasn't been talked about in a while, so we really don't know. There's rumors that they haven't really codified it because it's a ruse for something. So if something like that happens and one of these characters has something happen to them, you heard it here probably not first, but vehemently often. We'll go with that. Summer 2022 is going to be the fifth show, the sixth episode anthology, Tales of the Walking Dead. Uh, Lauren Glazier was confirmed to star alongside Samantha Morton in the season one finale, which is going to obviously feature Alpha. And it's going to be her um, prologue, which is odd because they did a prologue of her in a shelter with her husband at the time. And so I'm not sure what we're going to cover. I don't know if it's going to be even before that. I'm going to assume it's between that time and when she kind of got to be alpha. Um, it seems the only logical thing they haven't really covered. All right, number six, Dead in the Water. That's the Fear Webisodes mini prologue that covers the USS Pennsylvania from the end of season six. Um, that aired on AMC Plus on April 10th. It is still available on demand on AMC Plus only. It has six episodes, and you can just go on AMC Plus and see them. I don't know any other place to see them, so find a buddy who has it and check it out. Number seven, The Maggie and Negan Show in New York. Um, we don't really know exactly how it's going to work. I did find out a little snip for you guys. It is going to be another one of these mini six-episode thingies that they're doing a lot of. I really don't understand why they're doing this and abandoned a really workable format with these one-minute episodes every week that goes into the next show coming back, you know, where they ended up making the 16-minute clip when you push them all together. And then it became a plot device in the next part. And it would trade back and forth between Fear and Walking Dead Classic. I really loved that format. And then when they got to Red Machete, they kind of messed it up. And it's never been right since. And I don't really understand these things. Uh, but I'm here. I'll be here with you guys. Well, as long as there's shows to check out, we can talk about it. Uh, speaking of talking about it, feel free to call in to talk about it at 914-338-0314. You can call anytime tonight. But we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You're welcome to call during the live show, but you'll be screened and muted until the next commercial break, and then we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, join us in our live chat room, where you'll be able to listen to the show real-time, as well as download the episode after the fact. And we post the links for that on our Facebook page. We were doing it on my Twitter, but Twitter's mad at me right now, and I don't know why. I, I don't misbehave, but there's a problem going on. So I haven't been posting it on Twitter. Apologies to anybody who was getting the links there. They are on the Facebook page, and if you need them and you don't have any way to find it, um, get somebody on Facebook to message me on the page, and I'll get you that information. The only thing I can think of. If you are unable to join us in real time this evening, you can still go to that link after the show's done and then download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Just click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and any prior episodes that you have links for on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn, as well as the Facebook page and then directly from Blog Talk Radio if you want. Tonight's Fear episode is entitled Morning Cloak, and that's with a U as in grieving. Official AMC synopsis is, when Charlie shows up at the tower unexpectedly, Howard recruits a young ranger in training to determine the reason for her visit. As they journey beyond the tower together, Charlie's true motives are revealed. And as we often do, this is the part where I have extended synopses from different places that I will pull up for you guys. Let me do that real quick. This first one was kind of an odd website. I've never used them before and I'm a little wary, but they did have a tiny bit of good information on here. It's from GS Corp XYZ. Uh but it is about the show. It's just got a lot of 
pop-ups and garbage, but I can, in fact, see stuff about the show. So we do have that. All right, so they have to say, this was written on April 18th, Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 10, A Falling Butterfly. And that is not the title. That's just kind of a synopsis of what they're going to talk about. And I'm having trouble figuring out who the author is here. Um, again, apologies for this. I First time using this particular source. Let's see if they put it at the very end. Once in a while, some of these do that. I Nope. Okay, I really just don't know exactly what they're doing here. Um, all right, let me read you the small clips that they've got, you know, the whole reason I picked them. In the, mor- the Morning Cloak episode of Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Charlie goes to Victor's Tower to carry out an insider plan of Morgan where she meets a young Ali who becomes her first and desperate love. Whatever that means. Morgan's plan is... Not going to tell you because that's slightly spoilery. Um, and he wants to break in and do some things. And I'm nerfing it. Ali is about 15 years old. You can see this in the trailer. And is an aspiring ranger. At this particular time, Victor is absent from the tower. Howard becomes the person in charge in his absence. Victor sets Ali the challenge of catching a morning cloak butterfly and bringing it back to Victor to display. I find that super weird. Why would he know that they were even out there? And especially because it's uh, in the path right near the radiation. So I don't know why the butterflies would even be living. But again, with the plot holes, I'm sure Joan's got something to say about it. Actually, I'm going to go over there real quick and see if she does. Um, No, nothing new, but I'm sure my little comments will inspire something very soon. (laughs) Okay. Let's go back to the link. All right. Uh, Later when Charlie appears, Howard suspects Charlie's motives, so he assigns Ali and Charlie to repair an elevator and secretly directs Ali to get Charlie killed. As teenagers living in a world where there are not many peers, Ali and Charlie quickly develop a passionate romance. Okay. Um, Things that are spoilery that I'm not telling you. And... More spoilery things, so I'm going to not read the rest of that because they're too much giveaway. All right, let me get you the other one. And this is from one of our number one reliable sources, which is, of course, UndeadWalking.com. Many thanks to them for their spoiler-free but very meaty reviews. Um, Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 10, New Photos, but they do have some commentary. And it's by Renee Hansen, who seems to have kind of more or less taken over as fan-sided pet Walking Dead writer, or at least for fear. Maybe that's because it's fear. Alrighty. Fear the Walking Dead is kicked off the second half of Season 7. The mid-season premiere episode, Follow Me, focused on Alicia and the battle she's facing physically, emotionally, and even in her dreams. She comes across a new friend, Paul, and an enemy, Arno. Well, Arno was already in play, but I guess he caught up with her or something like that. Um, the upcoming 10th episode of the series will see Charlie arrive at Strand's Tower. In a recent sneak peek of this episode, she volunteers for a mission to scavenge for parts for the elevator that hasn't worked since the explosion from the stalker's attack. In the clip, Howard, who is played by Omid Abtahi, and they actually don't mention him, so I don't have him in the list of trivia. Um, so there you go instructs a young ranger trainee, Ali, who's played by Ashton Arbab, to assist her. Charlie says she will do this if permitted to live at the tower. The sneak peek also features Wendell, John Dory Sr., and June. It appears there have been other scouts who have tried to get the elevator parts but have been unsuccessful, (coughs) Pardon, with some being exposed to radiation, resulting in radiation poisoning. Howard states that Strand wants the elevator fixed, and in true Strand style, he lets nothing, not even the lives of his people, stand in the way of what he wants. That's because they put up with it. Charlie has been on the series since season four, when she arrived at the Dell Diamond settlement. She has grown up in the apocalypse and learned some much-needed survival skills along the way. Yeah, like shooting Nick. 
still don't forgive you for that, but I know that Frank wanted off the show. So I've let it go because the actor wanted a break. Um, let's get back to the article. So she's never really been the main focus in an episode. So putting her, eh, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to call you out on that one. She really was close to the main focus in The Little Prince because of that book. So do your homework, buttface. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of being jovial about it. Maybe playing a little rough, whatever. That's fine. Um, putting her as a focus in this one makes one wonder what is next for this character. No, it doesn't. <laughs> the return of Madison, played by Kim Dickens, obviously, this season will be interesting where Charlie is concerned, as she's the one who killed Madison's son. Oh, yes, that has not been resolved. That will get interesting. Are the creators preparing viewers for an altercation between these two characters? And then we have the images, some of which I have put up in the chat room, and that's the end of that. Um, it is 8.46. We've got a little under 15 minutes. Uh, Joan does have another comment. Yep, more plot holes. Shocking. Not. The writers for this show have all the subtlety of a bulldozer. Eh, I, I got a caution against putting this on the shoulder of the writers because some of the writers and even directors have been good, and we will get to who's doing tonight's episode in a bit. But I think we can agree that whoever the writers are and whatnot, that they were doing really well during season three, and then something went funky because that's when we had a change of showrunners. And Ian and Andrew, I'm sorry, I pick on you guys a lot, but some of your decisions I'm just really not swallowing too well. I just, I, you're messing the show up. Uh, all right, writers and directors profile, speaking of which. Tonight's show was written by Nazreen Chaudhry, and when we get to her profile, you'll see that she's done some significant number of the better regarded episodes in recent years for this show. And then also Kalia Michelle Stallworth. Oh, hold on. No, I'm sure I said her name wrong. I have. Oh, yes, it is Kalia. Uh, Joan did me the courtesy of looking that up for me and I wrote it down. And then I doubted myself because I didn't put the pronunciation up. I put it down where the bio is. And tonight's episode is directed by Lenny James. So I do have some hope. Alrighty, let's get to explaining bios. Nazreen Chaudhry is a British TV series writer, producer, and actress, best known for her radio dramas and extensive work in American television. Chaudhry was born in southwest London, England, the youngest of five children to first-generation Bangladeshi parents. She graduated with a BSc in biomedical science from King's College, London, with a view to becoming a doctor but then completed an M.A. in screenwriting at the Northern Film School, having, having received a Film 4 Productions Channel 4 Award. She did a little bit of acting, but really got her start behind the scenes in 2002, working as a story associate on the long-running UK TV soap Coronation Street. Chaudhry scripted episodes of British television serials such as Casualty, Doctors, EastEnders, and Waterloo Road. Her critically acclaimed radio play, Mixed Blood, won the Richard Imason Award in 2006. Chaudhry is currently based in L.A. and is married. She mentioned in an interview that she drew on her own experiences as a Bangladeshi woman married to a white man for her work on Mixed Blood. In 2006, she was also awarded a grant, from the art, grant for the arts by the Arts Council England for her first novel, My England. Her first screenplay, Scum, won the Focus on Talent Award, a competition run by DNA Films. She was selected as one of the ten finalists for the 2014 Fox Writers Intensive. She has written for A&E's Damien, Hugh Dini, and Doyle, Fox's Wayward Pines 2015. Oh, Hugh Dini and Doyle is, is one show title. Pardon me. I'm not familiar with it, so I missed that. Uh, Fox's Wayward Pines, 2015, CBS's Blood and Treasure, 2019, and she's the producer of Amazon Prime's uh, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan in 2018. In addition to her writing career, Nazreen has held administrative positions within the university setting and in the political field. 
She previously served on the Board of Governors for the Local Education Authority and the Society Authors. She is also involved with BAFTA's Community Outreach Program. Uh, sorry, I lost my place for a second. Uh, providing mentorship and training for students in South LA, as well as running her own storytelling workshops in schools and professional settings across the UK and in Los Angeles. Nazreen has five TV acting credits. She has six producer credits, including newly becoming a co-executive producer for Fear, starting back in season six. She has 12 writer's credits to her name before writing tonight's episode, um, becoming her 13th. I'm not sure that's her 13th. I don't remember if I updated this. It's either 12 and 13 or 13 and 14, and, and pardon me that I don't remember if I changed it. Executive producership notwithstanding, her second role, working on anything else in the Walking Dead franchise. The first episode she wrote was Welcome to the Club, Fears, Season 6, Episode 2. Second was In Dreams, Season 6, Episode 12. Third is USS Pennsylvania, Season 6, Episode 15. And fourth was Breathe With Me, Season 7, Episode 4. Tonight is her fifth episode that she has written for Fear. All right, I'm going to check in the chat room. Joan did have a comment. Uh, she said it would be interesting, the whole Madison and Charlie thing, in the hands of different showrunners. Yeah, we'll see. And I, I agree, Joan says, not always the writers, just when the writers are also the showrunners. Yes, like last week's episode was written by the showrunners, so that is more their fault. All righty. Let's go ahead and go back to our notes. It's 8.52, so let's try to wrap this up. Kalia Michelle Stallworth is from Westbury, Long Island, New York, and currently based in L.A. near Marina Del Rey Beach. Her partner is Noble J. Ali. He's on Instagram as East Texas Bamileke, B-A-M-I-L-E-K-E, and they have a new daughter together as of last August 2021. According to an October 2020 tweet, Kalia mentors male teens in Inglewood through the Inglewood Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. Go, go Deltas, my best friend's sister's one. Kalia was a staff writer for the 2019 zombie apocalypse comedy series Daybreak. I like that one. It was only one season, unfortunately. And she wrote episode three of that, The Slime Queenpin of Glendale, California. This and Fear are her only IMDb credits. She has been an executive story editor for all of season seven of Fear for 10 episodes so far. Tonight is her second episode written for Fear, the first being Reclamation season seven, episode six. So what it would be is she was executive story editor for all of those, but those two in particular, she is also the writer or co-writer. All right, Lenny James. Uh, you guys know Lenny James, but I'm going to go ahead and do his bio. Lenny Michael James was born in Nottingham, Nottinghamshire, England. Forgive me if I Americanized that really badly. To Afro-Trinidadian parents originating from Nigeria. His parents are not married and his father abandoned the family early. Sorry to leave bad news, but it does give some uh, context for a few of his bio things which lead to his career, and that's why I'm not taking them out. So... Um, We'll try to get past these parts and get to his burgeoning career. So his mother raised him himself and his brother on her own as a single parent. His mother, Phyllis Mary James, died when he was 12. I had read his bio previously and told you guys it was 10 years old. Um, I, some of the sources don't agree, but this is from his IMDb bio, and I'm sure that he has a team who's checking that. So it probably is age 12. After that, he and his brother, Kester, chose to live in a children's home instead of being sent to the United States to reside with a relative. James remained in foster care for eight years. He was originally interested in becoming a professional rugby player. That changed when he auditioned for his first school play. When he was 16, he was fostered with a social worker who had two older children, and they remained very close. Within a year, Lenny began writing plays, Storm Damage, 
I guess one of those plays, was broadcast by the BBC in 2000 and won a Royal Television Society RTS Award in 2001. Lenny received his training at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama, from which he graduated in 1988. He's the main cook for his family and has professed a fondness for Caribbean cuisine. His favorite football team is Tottenham Hotspur. He lives in South London and went to school at Ernest Bevan College. He has three daughters, Romy and twins Selena and Georgia with wife Giselle Glassman. I've seen other sources indicate that she's a partner, not a spouse. But again, I'm going with the most credible version I can obtain. So Lenny and his wife met in youth theater when they were teenagers. She is also an actress. The two tied the knot in the 80s and are still happy together. James also works as a mentor to black inner city kids and says he rejects the importance people attach to fame and celebrity. Quote, boys and men in our community need to be aware of the guy who gets up every morning and goes to the job he doesn't necessarily love in order to support his family. They are the heroes my community needs to celebrate, he says. Aside from soundtrack, producer, and writer's credits, James has 77 acting credits since 1988. He's best known for playing Tony Gates, in Line of Duty, Morgan Jones in The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, and has appeared in many films including Snatch in 2000, Blade Runner 2049 in 2017. Among his more notable roles in television is Glenn Boyle in the medical drama Critical on Sky One. On American television, he portrayed the mysterious Robert Hawkins, which is where I first saw him, in the CBS series Jericho, and Detective Joe Gettys in the AMC television series Low Winter Sun. He also played number 40, 147, The Driver, in the 2009 miniseries remake of the TV show The Prisoner. I never realized that. I have that on DVD. I should go back and look. Um, most importantly to our listeners, let me try to get this done before we go live and quiet. James is best known for being previously after Rick and Glenn, one of whom is gone, the other presumed gone effectively for now. The earliest character introduced in the Walking Dead universe who still remains active anywhere in the plot of the franchise someplace, although he has hop shows to fear. He did 54 episodes of Walking Dead as Morgan, 2010 to 2018, and then an additional 61 episodes of Fear from 2018 to now, including tonight's episode as Morgan. He is credited up to the end of Season 7, Episode 16. So that's a bit of a spoiler, but it's been announced, so there you go. He also did an episode of Fear, the Althea Tapes, which is the webisodes, called Virginia's Gang, back in September 2019. For his performance in The Walking Dead, James won the Online Film and Television Association Award for Best Guest Actor in a Drama Series in 2013. Tonight is James's third time directing something in The Walking Dead franchise. Uh, first was Fear, Season 6, Episode 2, Welcome to the Club. And the second was Fear, Season 7, Episode 5. Whoa, okay, I had the title twice. I screwed something up. I, the title says Welcome to the Club. Obviously, that's not it. Um, so I apologize. I don't have the title, but I do have the episode. So if anybody wants to look it up. Fear, Season 7, Episode 5, whatever that was. He directed that. And tonight, that's 3. It's 8.58. But we're close enough to 8.59, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Go dark, and I will see you guys at the first commercial break. Thanks for joining us. Okay. It's 9.08, and now we're at commercial break number one. I'm actually a little less stabby than usual. (laughs) That was a, a somewhat pleasant and sensible start to a story, especially considering how a lot of other weeks have started. I'm actually going to start at five for this. We'll see if Joan agrees with me. She may not, and that's fine. That's what we do here. Um, Joan has mentioned also season seven, episode five, the one I choked on because I messed up, was titled Till Death. And yes, that was the one I was talking about that was directed by Lenny. Um, So she's starting with a four, not feeling as kind as I am. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm just commenting that the pace of the opening for this was a lot more tolerable than some of the last couple have been. Alrighty, so let's go back to notes. Um, we finished Lenny's bio, so let's go to trivia. 
Uh, tonight's episode is the 95th episode of Fear Ever. Co-stars are Matthew Ramirez as Ranger Garcia, first name unknown. He's a resident of Strands Tower. I was part of the group that was talking to John Dory Sr. Danielle Bergio as head stalker, or stalker number three on the roster. She's a member of the stalkers, obviously. By the way, the actress portrayed a separate survivor named Judy, who is a resident of King County, Georgia, and she was killed in the early days of the apocalypse on webisode Walking Dead Torn Apart. Uh, she was on three episodes and killed by giving CPR mouth-to-mouth to a... I beg your pardon, I had to sneeze. Giving CPR mouth-to-mouth to a woman who passed away and turned and bit her and killed her. Uh, also starring, nobody was listed. Uncredited, nobody is listed. And... First appearance of the character Ali, played by Ashton Arbab. He's a resident of Strands Tower, serving as the Safe Zone's armory guard. And first appearance of the character Garcia. Uh, this will be mentioned uh, somewhere. No, I guess it won't. So I'm, I don't know what Garcia was exactly, except a uh, foot soldier kind of type. Last episode trivia. Uh, tonight's episode is the 94th, and that means last week's episode. Co-stars are listed as Jacob Kyle Young as Sage, who is a stalker, Aniston Almond as a young girl who is around seven or eight. Also starring was not listed, uncredited was Jared Gibson as Elias Vasquez, and unknown as Rowan in a photograph, and that was Paul's Scottish wife who was killed by the Duke. And we are back. So I'll see you guys at break number two. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 918. We are at commercial break number two. Last time I started with a five. I'm willing to go to five, two, five, but I'm starting to plateau out here. Joan started last time with a four, and we'll see where she's going from here. Um, part of the reason Joan says she started with a four was because she's a little off about something with this butterfly obsession for Strand and the villainy of Howard. And I think those are fair points. I, one of the things that I find interesting and I like to poke in this genre is the fictional portrayal of how people behave in a disaster. And I think over the last two years, most of us have seen some people be incredibly stupid at the cost of hurting everybody or losing people. And so that part of human nature is definitely true in real life. But when you get pushed to the boundaries that you tend to in this genre, because it is somewhat post-apocalyptic, you know, you have a lot of eschatology going on, and you you can only afford to be dumb for so long before your survival is going to pay for it. Um, if you think about a lot of the main villains, they had these well-oiled cities that deep down were just abusive as fuck and sort of psycho-military in structure. Joan's creeping up just a tiny bit. Uh, she's going to four or five. And I think that's fair. Also, what I had said to her during the chat was, I don't really like this whole attitude. And it's related to what I just said. This whole attitude, we're acting like you're not fighting nuclear winter and death and are desperate. And why do people do that when it is definitely survival of anybody in the community? And it, they use mores and choices that come from a world in which these things, you know, you have the privilege of being able to be stupid and picky and bossy and narcissistic and everything else. Um, Joan has also said, I'm hoping Charlie is actually playing them. I honestly do think she is. Because this whole Char- Charlie suddenly wants to live in the tower feels too much like Alicia wanting to paint trees suddenly back in season whatever it was. Alicia actually had a plan for that. Um, although it feels like how that was portrayed, but yeah, I get it. So I'm at five two five. Joan is at four point five. Um, we're in a Chevy commercial, so let me take a look at my notes and see what we can squeeze in real quick here. Um, okay, first and last appearance, last week's uh, trivia notes of the character Paul. Paul is the first named deaf character in Fear, 
and third overall death, death character in the Walking Dead universe, with the first being a deaf survivor featured on one of Althea's tapes in I Lose Myself, followed by Connie in The Walking Dead. And as I mentioned before, um, I actually also count Angel Theory, who it plays Connie's sister. Um, Warren Snipe, the actor who plays Paul, is deaf in real life, similar to Connie's actress Lauren Redloff. Paul is the first character to wear a cochlear implant in The Walking Dead universe. And oh, interesting! There's a movie with Philippa Sue in it from something called Shining Girls, and it, it's on Apple TV Plus on the 29th. All right, we're at Capital One commercial. So let's go back to trivia. First and last appearance of Rowan, Paul's wife, in the photograph. Last appearance of Elias Vasquez, zombified and in a dream. That was the junior senator that was leading everybody else to Padre. This episode marks Lenny James' 50th appearance on Fear. The title of the episode, Follow Me, refers to Alicia's dream where Elias and later Alicia tell the real Alicia to follow them to Padre. Uh, Alicia and Morgan are the only main characters to appear in this episode, aside from most of the others making a brief cameo appearance in Alicia's dream. Um, We are back. I'll read you the rest at break number four. Thanks. Okay, it is 9.30, it's break number four, and Joan was remarking in the last segment, and the stalkers just magically don't find their horse. Interesting plot hole. Um, Also, just a quick note, it wasn't in the trivia yet, but these things are often that they post trivia for the week prior, which is in more detail. So they didn't mention it tonight, but Ali appears to be the second named distinctly Muslim character in the show and the first on fear that I'm aware of that I remember anyway. Um, Joan is going to five and I'm going to get a 5.5 just a bit. I just, there, there is a little less of the gaping annoyance behavior that we often see on this particular show. So I'm a little more engaged than usual. All right, let's go back to trivia while we can, 931. Uh, Okay, Alicia's mural on the bunker wall in the Beacon appears to be a depiction of her dream about following the zombified Vasquez to Padre. I didn't catch that. I'll have to go back and look. This episode, last week, takes place a, quote, few weeks after Padre. Sanjay's death scream from Welcome to the Club is reused, heard once, one heard once one of the stalkers is devoured after Arno lets go of the gate due to Paul. In Alicia's dream, Morgan appears to still be wearing Emile LaRue's clothes, which he wore throughout season six. In season seven, he had begun wearing the clothes of the USS Pennsylvania crew members instead. Presumably, the change simply reflects Alicia's dream portrayal of her friend rather than being a goof. I'm not sure why that would be a goof. It sounds actually somewhat pragmatic to me. Um, episode highlights, which is not a segment I've done before because it has not appeared in the trivia source that I use. Um, but they had a little separate thing that says it's revealed that the doomsday cult was forced to abandon the bunker because the nuclear blast had compromised the structure. The split between the stalkers and Alicia's group occurred because her pursuit of Padre led to a number of cultists dying and reanimating in an unknown event, angering Arno, who blamed Alicia for what happened. This explains the reanimated cultists that were encountered and put down by Will and Strand in the beacon. The exact number of cultists who died isn't given, but given how many are seen as walkers in the beacon and follow me, it appears to be at least in the dozens. Based on the ones in that crater, I would say the hundreds, but what do I know? Alicia reveals that a dream of a zombified Elias Vasquez telling her to follow him to Padre is what has been driving her actions, including Alicia and Morgan following Vasquez in Padre. Arno and Sage discover a blast crater filled with numerous walkers that are presumably fell in following the blast and have been stewing there for months. I'm sure there are all kinds of radiation infected. All right, we are actually still in commercial, so let's see what else we can say. Deaths last week. Rowan confirmed fate. 
Paul's father confirmed fate, his brother Paul himself, many unnamed cultists, alive confirmed fate, two are zombified, and eight unnamed stalkers, and no errors or bloopers were listed. All right, cast birthdays this week. Yeah, let's squeeze this in. Wish them a happy. There's several. Anne Mahoney played Olivia from Alexandria, April 24th. She's from Rochester. Austin Nichols, who played Spencer, April 24th, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Jordan Woods Robinson, who played Eric Raleigh, Alexandria, Aaron's boyfriend at the time, April 24th, Bybee, Tennessee. April 24th was a popular day. Jeffrey DeMunn, who played Dale, uh, April 25th, he's from Buffalo, New York. Austin Emilio, who plays Dwight, April 27th, from Austin, Texas. And Chris Coy, who played Martin in Terminus, is May 1st, and he's from Louisville, Kentucky. Let's wish everybody happy birthday. Yeah. All right, we have some trailer for a Western-looking thing. Oh, that dirty black bag, whatever that is. And that is on AMC+. And now we're back. So I'll see you guys at break number five. Okay, it's 941. I think we're at break number five now. Um, Joan has said, oh, goody, more incredibly dumb villains that have managed to live this long but die because they make a mistake of not noticing the door opens out. I don't – I'm not even sure if that was really so much the problem. It, it, the door opens at all. There's walkers behind it. What did they think was going to happen? I don't really understand the point of any of that plan. Um. I think Ali didn't kill the walker because it was his dad. Now that it reminds him of his dad, but yeah, we'll see. And stupid villains don't like that. Jonah's staying at five. I'm going to go to 5.75, but, and that's kind of like, that may be as high as I'm going. Unless something changes, we'll see. I don't really get why Ali's doing what he's doing. That was an awful thing to do. And I don't think that being a ranger would have pushed a 15-year-old kid that way, unless he's got serious mental illness. Okay, cast birthdays we just got done. Featured music from last episode, which would have been episode 9. Symphony number no. 9 in D minor, Opus 125, Choral. Ode to Joy, performed by London Symphony Orchestra and Joseph Cripps, I assume that's a conductor, Played at the beginning of the episode, Alicia wakes up in a day stumbling around trying to get her bearings. And you know what? We're talking about music, but I got a bitch about the whole Paul thing. This this was mentioned in an article I didn't read to you guys yet, but I may still later. Basically, this is the same damn plot as when she and another young female, I can't remember who was with her, maybe Alicia, when they were in that place that was kind of like a hunting lodge, and there was a guy there who had it well fortified and sacrificed himself for her to get out. And they just did the same damn thing again. And I don't really understand any of those things. All right. But that was the music last week. Uh, Unaccounted for characters we've covered, and I don't know when it's going to be relevant. No talking dead tonight. And not until the end of the season. I have discussion links, but we're getting close to the end. Let's go over season seven of fear. If we have time, uh, Episode 96 ever, season 7, episode 11, next week is Ophelia, May 1st. 97 slash 12 is Sunny Boy, May 8th. 98 slash 13 is The Raft, May 15th. 99 slash 14 is Divine Providence, May 22nd. 100 slash 15 is Amina, May 29th. And 101 slash 16 is to be announced. They don't have a title, and that'll be June 5th, and that's the end of the season. Alrighty, so we have a Fritos commercial and we have another commercial, so see if I have other stuff. Yes, let's talk about other upcoming shows in MDB Media. Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, as always, Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Dean Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. It will be interesting to see if that episode happens, because Roger is currently on adventures up in Alaska, and I'm not sure what's up with that. Hope he's having a good time. Don't know if he plans to log on, but he usually will be on Monday nights. Phantom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the ingenious interviewers Jamie Karen and AJ as they digest another night of TV. 
The Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show will be on this Wednesday night, the 27th, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. The Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. The topic this coming week is Who Are You, as in the Who band, uh, how we form self-identity. And last but not least at all, Travel Itch Radio, the 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 26 miles from mainland California, the Sun Splash Catalina Island, has often issued a siren call to celebrities and tourists seeking seclusion. When owned by the Wrigley family, Catalina hosted spring training for the Chicago Cubs, a golden voice broadcaster named Ronald Dutch Reagan. <laughs> Others with roots in Catalina were Western author Zane Gray and movie star Marilyn Monroe. Oh, I've gotten the wrong description. I beg your pardon. That was last week's Travel Itch Radio. I'm so sorry. It's actually something about Virginia. And when we go to commercial break, I'll see if I can find it for you because we are back. And I'll see you at the end. Thanks. Okay, it's 9.51, break number six. I'm I'm going to stay at 5.75. I'm just kind of upset that Charlie may not make it, which is a funny thing to say because I hated her face for shooting Nick, but never mind. Uh, oh, and Joan says, this is why they called this a Romeo and Juliet episode in one of the descriptions she saw. She's staying at, at 5. Um and, yeah, I don't know. I, I expected Ali to be a one-and-done character. Uh, I wonder if they're both going to die. I don't know. It's episode number 11 of 16, so it's a little early for that sort of thing yet, but they're not always formulaic in a way I expect. So that is pretty much all of my notes. We are posed out to the end, and I'm not going to give the outro until we're actually at the end, so... Um, I also think it's a little bit too short to start dragging out links to discuss. So we just have a happy medium of making small talk until we go back to the uh, last commercial break and then the end of this episode. Um, remember, episode 11, Ophelia, will be on May 1st. Actually, I'm going to take a quick peek and see if I can find... Let me see. Find some more information on Ophelia that I didn't have for the last couple of weeks. She's a morning cloak. And let me come down to the next one. They haven't been telling me too much about some of these episodes. I don't know that they have information ahead of time as much as they used to. So let me see what we got here. Oh, we do have like writers and directors. Um, next week's episode is going to be directed by Alicia Dunham Gurry. Carrie, sorry, um, is uh, written by Alex Delisle and David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, all of whom are all veterans of this franchise. All right, Capital One, now we're in another commercial. Good God, you guys, I can only kill so much time in between. Um, So anyhow, next week's episode, Ophelia... I'll give you the plot because it's already posted. I'll give you something to talk about. Luciana and Wes test the limits of their patients when Daniel's worsening mental state ends up endangering them all. Yeah, I've been kind of wondering because they went off with that other group. And there was a comment made in, I guess, the trailer or something where they had found the whole rest of the group that they wanted to reunite. So I'm not really sure how all this works out with the group split up the way it is. Um, Dale's commercial and now a bounty commercial. Oy. Oh my God. <laughs> God help me. Okay, Joe, uh, Joe, talk to me about something interesting. Okay, good. Joe to the rescue. And she says, Guess the showrunners wanted a neat cop out way to not have to deal with the Madison and Charlie thing. I don't know. I kind of wonder if Charlie's going to come through it after what happened with Alicia. But it's different. Radiation is not zombies. So I don't know. Maybe they will do it. Honestly, Charlie's just been kind of tragic and doomed from the beginning. So 
I think I would be surprised if she makes it through. I really just can't see any out of the way. There are very short of supplies that would treat radiation poisoning there. Oh, interesting. Big rock hotel and looks like werewolf claws and dead bodies. What is this? Weird and interesting stylized show in the style of many that have been on AMC. All right, come show me what this is. Trailer, trailer, trailer with sheriffs and dated back a couple of decades. Sort of horror, sort of drama. Something called, series called Dark Winds starts on June 12th on AMC+. And I guess this may be a commercial for 61st Street, which is going to follow this and has bounced out. I don't like what they've done with Talking Dead. Talking Dead should go hand in hand with everything. There should have been more Talking Dead with fear and with world beyond both. Okay, now we're back. I'll see you guys at the end. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 10.08. We're at the end. I, yeah, Joan is staying at 5, and I'm staying at 5.75 because we're both done with some of the tropes. I'm pretty sure that John Dory Sr. is going to kill Howard, and if he doesn't, Joan says she thinks June will, and I I think both of these are very plausible. All righty. Um, I appreciate you guys sitting this out with me tonight, and we will talk next weekend. Thank you not only to everybody joining us tonight, but those of you who may be listening later via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special thanks to our host, NDB Media, and we hope you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party on the same network. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. See you all next time. Thanks again, and good night.